I've been following my next guest for many years now. This is a girl who embodies all that is Sisu. She's determined, focused, and never quits. Rachel Hanna has been the Canadian champion in the 10K, cross country, and the half marathon distance. Thanks for joining us for the Sisu Girls Canada podcast. Today we have Rachel Hanna on the show. Welcome, Rachel. Hi, Michelle. Thanks. I'm happy to be here. It's a pleasure. So for everyone who doesn't know you, I mean, by now everyone should know you because you're a Canadian champion, but can you tell us a little bit about your running background? Yeah, so I've been running uh, most of my life, actually. I started in grade four at a very young age. Um, I've been at it since then and ran, uh, you know, through public school, high school. I was uh, fortunate enough to get a uh, scholarship uh, to the U.S. and uh, took about a year off after that. And since then, I've been back at it competitively now for about five years post-collegiately. So I range in distances from the 5,000 meter up to the marathon. Which is actually a big range. Um so we'll talk more about that in a few minutes, but I want, but your debut marathon was in Ottawa and you debuted at 2.33.30, which is yeah. pretty amazing debut, actually. Yes, uh, thank you. Thanks. Uh, but more importantly, you ran a, uh, you ran in the 2015 Pan Am Games, uh, that was a year later, right? Uh, yeah, the Pan Am Games, well, no, it was actually a couple months after Ottawa, so um, that was actually in July. So I had a quick turnaround from the first one. Um, but I knew that that was the case. The goal was to qualify for the Pan Am games and I wasn't going to be going for the 10,000 meter. Um, and that's what made my final decision to uh, bump up to the marathon distance. And I'm glad I did. Um, yeah, because, uh, you in the Pan Am games, we, uh, (laughs) that was kind of a kerfuffle there. So you didn't get the medal that day. You ran, um, you ran a pretty solid race. I was there watching, and uh, the course was brutal. And um, but you didn't get a medal that day. So what was what? Like when I saw you, and I sort of talked to you after the race a little bit. Um, your spirits were still pretty good, and even though you hadn't medaled. Um, so looking back, what do you think about for that day? Yeah, it was. Um quite the challenging course I think that was the one thing that stuck out I mean the heat the hills everyone was in the same boat there so a very very tough race um, I was happy overall with my finish and I mean there's always that initial disappointment when you just miss out on a medal spot um, but I think the one thing that um, also stuck out of my mind from there was being in my hometown um, and running in front of a huge crowd of people and everyone was cheering for me different groups everywhere and so when it gets really mentally challenging in a race um, heat being the biggest factor there um that's what uh drove me to the finish line to continue pushing um was the crowd support really and uh, knowing that everyone was backing me up behind me so yeah um, I re- yeah I was yeah. uh I remember I was in Hyde Park and I was just like ah, <laughs> and, freaking out yeah. for you yeah but, and a good spot to be with the hills so. right yeah I mm. was I train over there and I would yeah. kept going um these guys have to do this so many times I couldn't imagine yeah um, but then, miraculously, um, somebody got busted for drugs. Um, so if anyone doesn't really know this story, uh, the one of the um, competitors that did get a medal that day uh, ended up getting caught doping. So this yeah. leaves you now in a potential to get your medal. So um, you got awarded your medal at the 2015 Cross Country Championships 
So this would have been in November of 2015. So sort of take us through what that was like finding out that, that you're getting, now you're now getting your Pan Am medal months later and you actually got awarded the medal in front of everybody who was, anybody who's anybody was at the cross country championships that day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was um, like in the aftermath, you know, it was actually a very nice surprise because I wasn't expecting to medal. So I was quite happy about that. And then also, um, like what you're describing, the ceremony and how it was presented to me, I was quite fortunate, just the timing of it, how, you know, I found out on the Thursday that I was going to be getting the medal and the championship was on the Saturday. And they said, you know, do you want to do an award ceremony for it? And, you know, um, no hesitation there. It was fantastic. And uh, cause some people, you know, get their medals afterwards mailed to them. So it was uh, super special to have a ceremony and actually a moment I'll never forget. Um, it was kind of funny. One thing that stuck out uh, in my mind from that was that the um, Canadian anthem wasn't working. They were going to queue it up to have it playing as they uh, brought out the medal. Um, so that wasn't working and everyone started singing. So I thought that was a really <laughs> special moment too, a tearjerker for sure. So no, it was quite an honor and, uh, um, you know, learned from this too, that uh, you just got to stay true to your game. You just have to work hard and, and keep it clean and um, it'll pay off. So. Yeah, I yeah. thank you so much because keeping it clean, yeah. I think, is super important, especially with all the yeah. drama that's been coming out in the news with the Russian team and now and, mm-hmm. you know, some of the people that are getting caught doping right now. It's it's disappointing because, mm-hmm. you know, like you said, some people do they miss out on these great moments. And um, it's mm-hmm. this very unceremonious to just have this medal mailed to you in the mail. So. Exactly, like great moments and also, you know, in the marathon it's different in longer events, but missing out on potential um, finals, say, in, in track and field. I know that's happened to a couple people as well. So. Yeah. Um, it's unfortunate, right? So yeah, um, we just need to, um, luckily our Canadian system tests on a routine basis, so we've got a, a good system in place. On that day, actually, I was there watching your cross-country championships in Kingston, and I have to say they needed to charge money for that race because – it was the most exciting thing I have ever seen in a very long time. That was a, one of the gutsiest races I've seen from the entire top 10 in that field. And, of course, you were out there hold, like holding your own out in front, um, really battling with Wodak most of the, the day. Um, so I just wanted to quickly go through, like, I know we... So for people who don't know, uh, Rachel Hannah... She comes from a cross-country background. She's a champion in the cross-country, and she was actually defending her title. So you you were out there racing against Wodak, Marchand, um, Goulash. Uh, who else was there? There was like oh, I can't. There was like everybody. <laughs> yeah, and um, and so you you didn't get number one, but still you ran one of the, uh, you ran a really, really strong race, but looking back, um, you know, watching you go back and forth with Wodak was really exciting, but what would you have done differently? Do you think? Yeah, it was one of those races where, um, you know, you always think like, what was the key thing that was kind of running through your mind? And as we're running the laps, I actually kind of thought, you know, this could be anybody's race. And then it came down to, and I wanted to be conservative. I wanted to run with the pack and 
um, keep it close. And then my, you know, my goal was, you know, the last 2K try to um, pick it up a bit and create a bit of a gap. And, and that's what I did. I went according to my plan. And because I knew that, you know, my finishing kick is not my strong area. Yeah. I am uh, yeah. clearly don't have quite the leg speed yet. It's something that I need to improve upon. So I wanted to get a bit of a gap so that it wouldn't come down to, you know, 100 meter sprint at the end. Because mm-hmm. like you said, mm-hmm. I wanted to defend my title. Um, so I was happy with the way the race planned out. I wouldn't have done it any different because um, I did have, you know, a lead and then, you know, the hill came and I didn't quite have that second gear to um, catch, catch Natasha as she ran by. And she's quick. I mean, she's our 10,000 meter Canadian yeah. record holder. Yeah. So I can't be too disappointed being outkicked by her at the end. So overall, I, I was happy with the race. I couldn't have done anything differently. Yeah. Of course, it would have yeah. been nice to defend my title, but there's always next year. So. Yeah. And I was yeah. so thrilled just... I mean, I was in positive spirits the whole day because I knew afterwards, um, either way, I'd be getting a medal <laughs> presented to me. So, <laughs> so even if I didn't quite get that title, I was I was uh, quite happy. Yeah, no so. big deal. I'm getting my Pan Am medal today, guys. You can have yeah. this. You, you can have this. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, you always want to, you know, do your do your personal best. So, but yeah. Uh, yeah, I wouldn't have done anything differently. It was a great race, and yeah, um, I just love cross country. It's exciting and thrilling, like you mentioned. Yeah, lots of crowd, lots of support out there. It was great. Yeah. So, Watching you, like, I, you had, you were determined, but you looked like you were really enjoying yourself, and yeah. you, you really were such a good inspiration that day, like, I, I was, I kept saying, I, I can't believe I get to watch this for free, like, I kept telling my friends, I'm like, <laughs> I feel like I should have paid, you know, had a ticket for this, because it was, <laughs> people who missed it, I was like, you guys, you'll never see anything like this again I'm sure so uh, it yeah. was it was quite amazing um cool. and so going in going from a cross-country season obviously uh, sets you up really well for a great road race and so fast forward a couple well just a couple months after this and you um you were pre- re- getting ready for the Houston Marathon so mm-hmm. did you just sort of um go from cross-country and just start doing some specificity training for the marathon uh, yeah, so I took a couple days off after uh, the championships, and then I started my build again. Normally, at that time of year, I would take a bit longer, take about a week off, because it's, you know, in between seasons, and December really should be a uh, base month and just getting back into it. But uh, given that my goal was the Houston Marathon, I started to build right away. So I actually um, had my highest mileage month ever in December. So I was averaging 100 miles a week, which... Um, it's a big jump from before, mm-hmm. and um, I was quite lucky just with the weather that we had because, you know, signing up for a mid-January race, um, you know, in the south, but training here in a Canadian winter mm-hmm. is, is, you know, um, you never know what you're going to get in terms of ice and snow. So I was quite fortunate enough to do, um, aside from two workouts inside, everything was run uh, outside. So I had a really good training block and had, um, you know, some really solid long runs leading up into it. So I felt really confident when I was going to the line of my fitness. Um, I felt like I, well, I am currently in the best shape of my life right now. So a good build and was healthy, didn't have to take any time off. So um, I think that that's half the battle, right? <laughs> staying, staying consistent. So. so when you went down to Houston, um, I know like every, you know, the majority of people who go into races there, obviously their expectation is they want a PB. But when you were going down to Houston, what was the like? What was the goal? Was it to PB? Was it to go for the the standard? Or was yeah, it was it was to PB. That that was my goal going into it, running a personal best. And um, I mean, we done you know the calculations to see like what 
do I need to run per kilometer for to be, you know, quite um, a little bit under the standard of 229.50. So um, that uh, was, you know, also a goal uh, that was in place. But uh, um, I was happy overall taking, you know, a big chunk off my time. So that's always what you're looking for in races, just to set a personal best and improve and, and learn something from it too. You know, I learned um, a lot from this race and and just felt better overall, like better energy levels compared mm-hmm. to the other two marathons. So that's also a positive to look at. So um, I think like given that this is an Olympic year, I think it's a bit different because anytime, you know, you'd be thrilled, you know, 81 second PB and I was quite happy with it. But um, I think it's it's a bittersweet, uh, you know, emotional response after too, because, you know, I did. That would have been great to hit the standard at the time. Um but uh, it's not not the last shot I'll, I'll be doing. So, so when you say yeah. you, you learned a lot, what what kind of things did you learn? Um, I just learned a little bit more about um, like pre-race nutrition and how to time out my calories appropriately and um, just feeling really good from a GI standpoint in the race because in my first marathon, because your body's getting used to taking in fuel and gels during the race, so there's a bit of stomach upset um, during the other two marathons. So I just learned uh, my nutrition strategy. It was better going into this one, uh, and it really paid off. I felt quite good and no um, no issues there. Um, so that's one thing that I learned. And then um, also another thing, just uh, you know, the power of the mind, not trying to um, get too discouraged when you realize that you're off your initial goal pace. Like I was a little bit off halfway. Um, so just trying to regroup and focus. And I just, I found strategies that were really useful for that. Um, just trying to, you know, get it back one K at a time and, and breaking up the race that way. So that's, that's another thing that I learned about it. Yeah, I have, I have yeah. actually read you, you do suffer with yeah. that sort of that mid, that during race, um, sort of demon in your head situation. Mm-hmm. So do you have any tips for anybody who also has this, uh, who also suffers from this? Yeah, I think I think it's a common thing, like given the distance, and I mean, you want to always be um, like going into it. I think also one thing I did was just repeating, you know, my head positive thoughts, like having a couple of keywords to focus in on and also um, like being confident in your training, like looking at, you know, what mileage you did, the long runs, like that's what I thought about before the race. And then, yeah, during the race, I mean, you're starting to get tired and negative thoughts can come in when you're a little bit off pace. So just trying to regroup and having almost like um, a mantra or mantra <laughs> to say to yourself, mm-hmm. uh, like a couple keywords, like relax, focus, work, um, work on like body checks and breathing. Mm-hmm. So those are all things that, uh, that I did. And, um, and also with the marathon too, you know, breaking it up into sections. So looking at halfway and then, um, probably the most challenging aspect is the middle of the race. And then I always think, you know, you have to, um, be conservative until 35 K and then that's where the race really starts. And then you want to just see what you have left. So that, that's how I break it up mentally as well. Um, and then also knowing too, cause you're going to hit periods where you may feel, um, you know, your energy is starting to drop and then looking forward to, you know, knowing that every five kilometers, you're going to have a bottle there and you're going to feel better after that. So that's also something, um, that, uh, put me back into positive spirits as well. So what do you do the, um, the night before a marathon to prep mentally and nutritionally? Um, yeah, night before I try to, to do my larger meal earlier on in the day, just to give time for digestion. So that's one thing that I did differently this time. So more calories spread out uh, earlier on in the day, um, that tended to work well. And then just keeping it really basic the night before, um, mostly, you know, carbohydrates, low fiber, um, a little bit of protein, um, and healthy fats. So, um, and lots of hydration. This time I drank a little bit more, um, carbohydrates and fluids too, just to get uh, good energy stores leading in. 
Um, those are all things I did. Went to bed earlier too. That helped. Um, just try to relax and, and focus and really low key the night before. So, um, so you're not out. Sometimes you're not you know, out. people want to eat in groups, but I'm kind of a, I'm a little bit quieter, and I like to have that time to like re-energize so that I have full energy for the next day. So I hung out with my coach and partner, and that usually calms me down the night before. Oh yeah. Um, if he's not there with me, I'll usually call my family or just do some light reading, just things that are relaxing. Do you have a favorite, this is uh, uh, something I do, but do you have a favorite thing that you like to read bef- the night before a race? Or you just kind of randomly um, read? No, it's kind of random, actually. There's not really kind of a go-to book that I tend to read. Um, there's some in sports psychology that I have that I would read occasionally at other races, but this one, um, sometimes I'll read things online and, you know, nutrition news, <laughs> things like that, that kind of bring my focus away from, from the race that I can relax and go to bed. Oh, that's good. Um, yeah, so kind of a variety of reading materials. Yeah, uh, I'm also a fellow coffee addict, and you love mm-hmm. your coffee. Um, and coffee is kind of, you know, it's a little controversial about running and racing and race days. Should you drink coffee? Should you not drink coffee? So for all of our coffee lovers out there, what do you recommend on race day? Uh, I'd say you want to make sure you've practiced with it. So not trying anything new on race day ever. You want to make sure that you've trained with it and that your system's used to it. Because some people, they just can't tolerate caffeine, whether it makes them a little bit anxious or cause them not to go to the bathroom. Those are all concerns there. Um, It is a central nervous system stimulant. So it has been shown to have a benefit, actually, when you are competing. Um, and it's actually, it's, um, I was just reading some recent updates on that and it's almost better to save a little bit for competition and maybe not use it, um, if you're recreational from day to day. Um, but you just have to be careful, right? Not to take too, too much. And, uh, and again, don't try anything new on race day. So if you regularly used a couple cups a day, there's no concern, uh, they're having it race morning if that's what your body is accustomed to. So it can provide a benefit. I wonder when coffee is going to be banned as a performance enhancing (laughs) drug. (laughs) I know, I know. It's not banned. It's banned at very high levels, right? But you wouldn't be able to function. You'd be putting yourself at a health risk there. (laughs) No kidding. So, so now between, so now you're kind of working on this road to Rio. You, you obviously, like we all are pitching, hoping and, 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 um, gunning for you to get to Rio and you can do it, you want to do it in either the 10,000 or the marathon. Is that correct? Yeah, I'm hoping to qualify in either the 10,000 or the marathon. That's right. But what's your favorite? Um, I don't know if I have a favorite. I think both are challenging in different ways. Um, I mean, it's nice the shorter distance because you can race more of them. So the 10,000 meter is great in that aspect where... You know, I could have a couple shots at that and and bounce back and be able to train, you know, right away again. Whereas the marathon takes significant planning. You have to take a lot of time off afterwards. Um, So that's, um, yeah, I'm kind of even on both, actually. But you are saying you're kind of falling in love. I've heard, I've seen a quote (laughs) saying you're falling in love with the marathon distance. Yeah, I think it's great. And it's um, it's nice, you know, nice and challenging. And I feel like, um, you know... um, as I'm gearing up and building up my mileage, I'm getting, it's getting easier to run a further distance. So that's exciting too. Um, so yeah, I like both aspects and I, I like, um, also about the marathon, just how, you know, you have so many other competitors out there and, uh, brings the community together and people can come out and cheer for you. So that's one great aspect of the marathon. Um, and then track racing is also exciting, right? You've got a whole stadium of people and, um, the track there, I'll need to work on my leg speed, right? <laughs> that finishing kick. Yeah. So 
that's a yeah. that's a tough one, especially as you get higher up in distance. You mm-hmm. the, the kick starts to go quickly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Just to to kind of tie this all up, because one of my favorite questions to ask, especially the females, and because this is Sisu Girls Canada, um, mm-hmm. whether you're an Olympian or you're doing your first five k, what is the best advice um, you have ever been given as an athlete? Yeah, I think you know our our philosophy. Um, it's always been. You know, if you stick at something long enough and you work hard enough, um, you'll do better than you ever imagined. So um, there's a lot to be said for consistency. Um, I really value health. I think both are critical for me um, personally. Um, You know, one thing that maybe people may not know about my training, too, is that I spend a lot of time strength training, whether it's doing, you know, core every day, doing weights. I think that's another thing um, that's been very, very helpful for me. and also, you know, and other factors too, like I'm saying with consistency and just dedication, right? Like really genuinely loving um, the sport and just being healthy and moving my body um, and eating a healthy diet. I think that makes a huge difference. So clearly <laughs> that's an area that I'm very uh, interested in, but I've just seen the benefit myself, just changing my diet and eating better and having better energy. So I think those are all of my, uh, uh, that's my best advice, really. So you yeah. get, yeah, you've talked a lot about nutrition throughout this interview, and so mm-hmm. um, I don't want to spoil your la- limelight. So you could tell mm-hmm. us what you're doing in 2016, which is actually kind of a, a really nice big deal. Yeah, yeah, it's exciting. So it'll be it'll be a challenging course. I've just started on it now. It's the um, the IOC Diploma in Sports Nutrition. So it's offered as a two year uh, remote program done online, and uh, it's been running for about ten years now. And afterwards, if I do graduate, I'll have a diploma there. But it's going to give me such a greater knowledge base in the field of sports nutrition. So um, it's not only going to help me personally, but also uh, help other people as well. You know, I get lots of questions being a dietitian and I would just want to be more helpful to athletes and be able to direct them too, because there's a lot of misinformation out there. So always focusing on evidence base and that'll, that'll be what I'll be learning in this course. So that's I'm really excited. Yeah, <laughs> I'm excited. It'll be, it'll be hard work. Uh, so, but, yeah. Uh, yeah. 20, it sounds like but, 2016, 2017 are big, big years for you. Yeah. They're big years, lots going on, but it's all exciting and it's all things that I'm passionate and interested in. So it makes it easy to be able to focus on that when you're enjoying the process too. So Rachel, if people want to follow you and find out where you are and get nutrition tips from you, et cetera, how do they find you online? Yeah. So I have a uh, Facebook account. You could search my name or you could also, um, Follow me on Twitter, and my uh, name is uh, Rachel Hannah RD. So either of those two options. Okay, so we'll be watching and cheering for you at your next attempt um, at your 10,000 meter, and hopefully, um, you know, fingers crossed, everything's going to happen, and we'll be cheering for you on, uh, in Rio. Yeah, thanks, Michelle. <laughs> thanks so much for coming on the show today. Yeah, you're welcome. It's, a it's pleasure. Always a- it was nice to talk to you and, uh, you know, inspire other people and tell my story. So, Okay, thanks, Rachel. Okay, thanks a lot. Come back next week for another episode of Sisu Girls Canada and follow Sisu Girls on Twitter for updates and podcast releases. 